I think as soon as you can afford a copywriter, that's the first thing you should invest in because there's someone who's going to get a full understanding and be able to, uh, your messaging is what sells a website or what sells your whole business. And it's just something that not enough people fully understand. And I think it's the first thing that you should invest in. Even before hiring a web designer, I have so many, I do a lot of website audits and people say, well, what should I do next? And I'm like, don't come to me. I'm like, go to a copywriter first. <laughs> go yeah. get that sorted because it's way more valuable and it's going to be probably one of the main converters on your website is your copy. Welcome to the Female Leadership Collective podcast. I'm your host, Susie Clark. On this show, we're all about helping high-achieving women authentically find purpose and build fulfilling online businesses. I believe the key to happiness is channeling our talents into something that we really deeply care about. That's why I left my six-figure career in finance in London, moved to Asia, and now run my own mission-led business in paradise. I found purpose and happiness in my life, and I want to empower you to do the same. In today's world, we are so lucky in that we no longer have to work in the same office every single day. We can start our own online businesses and travel the world. On this show, I bring you examples of amazing role models who have done just that, quit their corporate jobs and successfully run online businesses. We talk through all things entrepreneurship, purpose, travel, femininity, nothing is off limits. I'm here to inspire you to spend your life doing something you truly love and make the impact you really want to make on the world. Hello, my love. So before we start today, I have a question for you. Are you a freelancer delivering insane amounts of value to your clients, but without the price tag to match? If you get really honest with yourself, you know you love your remote lifestyle, but you're just not quite where you know you can be. Every meeting with your clients, you seem to step into being their business coach, advisor, and personal therapist all at once. And I know exactly how that feels. Clients absolutely love you. They love you, but you're starting to resent them. And deep down, you just you just really want to be the entrepreneur. You know that you're meant for more than the freelancer life. And everybody says you've got so much potential, but you're just frustrated with yourself that you don't seem to be executing on it. You don't seem to be taking the action. But you know that you're more than ready to make an upgrade. And you know it's now or never. You're ready to step up from freelancer to coach, course creator, or leading a community. You're ready to progress to hiring your own team within a few months, and you're ready to finally charge your worth for your programs. So what next? Well, you already might have an idea for a course or a community. You may even have the modules mapped out in your head, but one vital thing is missing, knowing how to launch it. You're just not sure how to price it, how to package it, how to sell it. But you're now ready to call in support of a mentor who can guide you through your program launch, the funnels needed, and finally step into the entrepreneur you've always wanted to be. 
If you're a freelancer or an early stage business owner who hasn't quite cracked the code to their business fully financially supporting them and you want the opportunity to launch your own high ticket one-to-one and group programs with irresistible offers priced at a level where you know you should be all within the next three months, I invite you to work with me inside my exclusive one-to-one program and make it happen. Inside, you'll get my step-by-step strategy that I've helped countless women use to launch their own programs. I'll support you with a strong yet compassionate approach to help keep you accountable, hold you in my space. We'll be making the decisions together and up level in all areas of your business. It is my most intimate program and you get daily Voxer support in addition to our calls. Take the next step and book your scaling for growth call with me. It's a 60 minute call and we'll hop on the phone, we'll hop on Zoom and we'll map out your vision for your business. What you need to do to go from freelancer to entrepreneur and the strategies that will get you there. Tap the link in the show notes to book now. I have very, very limited availability for this month. So make sure you book now. These are the last spots before the end of the year on my one-to-one. When it fills, it's full. So make sure you snap one up as soon as possible. And now back into the episode. So today I have the amazing M Sparrow on. She runs a web design business and she builds websites and designs websites with an emphasis on the user journey for her clients and this episode is packed full of tips like we spent about 30 minutes going through like tips for building your website like when do you need a website how to get it to cover like do you hire a copywriter do you not hire a copywriter it is so value-packed and M is really inspirational in herself as well so her journey started out and she said she's from Canada she then moved to Australia and she worked in the corporate world in finance um, but she just decided that you know she wasn't being paid as much as the men she was designated coffee maker she just felt like things were limited in her world and she didn't want to be limited anymore so A few things happened and she shares this in the episode, but she eventually created her own web design business. And now she helps female entrepreneurs build amazing converting websites, beautiful websites as well. You should have a look at her portfolio. And I love this because the website can be like one of the most daunting, overwhelming things. Like, where do you start? Do you outsource it? How much do you pay? Like, what do you look for in someone to pay that to do your website? Like, it's a really difficult, daunting task. And a lot of people get stuck and just never do it. So I'm so glad that Em came on because she kind of, she broke things down and she gives so many tips. So I know that you're going to feel so much better after this episode in terms of what you want your website to look like and if you do have your own website but you're struggling to make it convert this episode is full of tips for you as well welcome em i'm so excited to have you on the show and i know today we're going to be chatting everything websites which is really exciting because we haven't spoken about that yet and it's so essential for everybody so that's great but yeah welcome to the show Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. So first of all, like I ask everybody, and I know you're the same, you used to work in corporate, and I'm so curious to hear more about your story in terms of like when you started your career in corporate, how you found it, and kind of the time at which you decided, look, this wasn't for you and you're going to start a business. So walk us through that time. 
Definitely. Well, first things first, I am Canadian and I moved to Australia when I was 18 Mm. and I ended up in corporate Sydney. So I was working in finance. I was uh, worked with someone who we had, it was just me and him. And we'd ended up growing into one of the biggest financial firms, um, like brokerages. Wow. Yeah. So we had merged and started this huge company. So I'd gone from Uh, just admin to client operations and uh, client management and all of those things. Uh, I worked there for, I think about three or four years. And by the end, I was doing all of these things, but I was the designated coffee getter. (laughs) Um, Yeah. One of the only women in the office and I was getting paid less than uh, some people I'd hired so (laughs) that's so depressing I hate to hear that I hate to hear that but it's finance it's finance like I'm not surprised I didn't actually know you came from finance so because I do as well so um yeah yeah. oh so depressing to hear Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a, it was good. Like it was, I learned a lot on the job, but it was good to, it was good to step back and I could feel it. I mean, when I first had interviewed, they'd interviewed me, they asked me what my uh, like five, 10 year plan was. And I always knew I wanted to start my own business. I just didn't know where to go. And so we hired a, a branding slash web design agency to come in and we paid them I think about $12,000 for a Squarespace website. Mm. And it's Aussie was, dollars or Aussie? Yeah, Aussie dollars. So yeah. I don't know what that would have been at the time, maybe a like, 9,000 USD. Yeah. Maybe okay. or seven, seven, eight, nine USD, something like that. So we hired them, like paid them a lot of money uh, to build this website that was quite basic. And so I knew that it was something that. I would be able to do. And so I started building my business on the side. I was working late nights, you know, I'd get up at 6am, do a couple hours, do my lunch break, do a couple hours, and then work from like five to 11, just trying to start my own agency. And then, yeah, finally I, I quit. I moved to Bali for a month and I launched my business there. Yay. Exciting. And for the listeners, so just um, explain exactly what your business is. Obviously we know it's websites, but explain exactly what the services are. Yeah. So we offer a UX, which is user experience, uh, website design, as well as we're moving into brand strategy. So we help our clients. We take more of a holistic approach where we help them with all the things connected. So sometimes, uh, especially when you're just starting out your business in the first couple of years, you just kind of doing what you can. So we help you understand like your customer journey and how it fits with your website. Mm, nice yeah and I we're gonna go into all of those kind of things because everybody listening most people listening are gonna be thinking about starting a website or they've already got one but perhaps you know it was a challenge to make because these things are complicated so I'm excited to dive into all of your top tips on that um but let's just I want to I want to just dig into a little bit more about this transition because I feel like a lot of a lot of like podcasts focus on you know, the business. And I think the hardest part is actually the transition out of corporate into starting the business. So you, you know, when those people came along and built that website for your financial company, you're like, wow, that's a lot of money they paid them. And this was what they created. Like, I didn't realize, you know, you could command that much money. What 
like walk us through in a little bit more detail like what kind of steps you then took because I think it's great that you were spending like your spare time like starting it in the evenings and stuff and I imagine that was like pretty hectic um but what did you what did you start doing to kind of solidify the idea yeah so I think the biggest step and this is what I recommend everyone starting out is understanding how small businesses work and kind of building yourself a community. So one of the first things I did was I reached out to designers or people that I knew I wanted to be like, and I, I just asked them, I just reached out and asked if I could have a quick 15 minute call and just ask them about their business. And then off of that, off the back of that, I also joined a lot of like Facebook groups. There's really good Facebook groups out there. And just to get, I feel like that was definitely the first and most important step, just to get an understanding on the industry and how it all works. And then I was able to, and comfortable enough to take that, that next step. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Like that kind of chatting to people, understanding from people, you know, how they did it. Like the Facebook groups are awesome, by the way. Like I, I, I well I've created one for mine and it, it's like so great for people to chat to and and I actively use other Facebook groups and it's just like such a great way to connect with people isn't it yeah there's so much you you can learn probably most of anything business related you're going to find out there because it's just so fresh and new it's something that you don't learn in in uni or you yeah it's like mm-hmm. the way you can connect with like-minded people but like the right niche of people like if you're looking for you know let's say something top of mind for me like digital nomads in Bali you could go and find them all in the Facebook group if you're looking for entrepreneurs in Sydney you could probably go and search for that like it's such an amazing resource and I think people don't even need to post their own stuff they can just even just search through and have a look at what people are asking and the comments yeah I think it's such an underrated thing so yeah thanks for bringing that one up Yeah, it's a good one. It definitely was one of the big ones that I took. Yeah. So how did you get, I know this is like on my quick fire round at the end, but I'm intrigued how you got your first client doing that. Yeah. So I, a lot of my first clients were referrals, which Mm -hmm. I was quite lucky to have, but I think that I gained that just from the act of reaching out and being brave enough to reach out to people and ask them questions. And just in able to do that, uh, I was getting a lot of leads from that. Um, Another way that I kind of got just a few months down the line, but I would really recommend someone doing is I started doing some, a little bit of market research Mm -hmm. and I would create my offer. And I went to ideal clients and I said, Hey, this is my offer. How does it sound? And I actually got quite a few clients through that as well. Oh, nice. Just trying to see kind of the pricing and and like the service offered. Interesting. Cause I think a lot of people out there, especially people who, um, I think actually finance lends itself very well for me when I was in banking I'm like I want to run my own business but what am I supposed to do with my experience start a bank like that's so hard <laughs> so I felt like I had to upskill myself and that was definitely the right thing to do and I think a lot of people out there probably thinking the same thing I can't I don't know how to make what I do into a business so I'm gonna have to upskill and start something new like how did you think about pricing when you hadn't um 
you hadn't offered it before, if that makes sense. So did you do the first one for free or did you do it for a highly discounted price? Like what would be your recommendations like in hindsight to anyone that's thinking about, you know, upskilling themselves and then offering a service they've never done before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it really depends on the industry, but at least I can speak on, on my industry, the design side of things. I did offer a free designs when I first started and I started really heavily discounted and I do have some friends as well that are in this exact spot where they have just left their corporate career and they're looking at starting and that's where places like like Upwork can be really helpful for that and just you're going to be and when you're initially building up testimonials and reviews and the work that you've done it's just kind of part of the process Um, and also Facebook groups is really good for this as well it's just offering your discount service there yeah I love that it's kind of like it is almost in exchange for having a badge and a testimonial on your website right and that is worth money in itself you know just by having that badge you're probably going to be able to convert more clients based on that so even though it might feel like offering it for free and it's like oh god I feel like I'm selling myself out like really you're kind of paying for that badge or that testimonial which should open the door right so Hopefully that's a better way to think about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're going to talk about it too, right? So the more, uh, yeah, the more people you work with, the more people are going to get to know that you're in the industry, the more work you're going to have on your social media. It just, it starts to, it's a snowball effect. It, it does take some time to get that ball rolling, but once it does, then that's when you really can start to see it. Yeah, I love that. And and in terms of the clients that you work with, do you work with a particular industry or type of client or does any anyone? So when I first started, I worked with, I actually worked with rural clients. So I have a farming background. Oh, and cool. So I, yeah. So I worked with a lot of farms. So with that, it was, I, they kind of expected a lower and like price point. Yeah. So it's that it really well when I was first starting and now we've completely transitioned to we work definitely with like successful female entrepreneurs um we're pretty broad in that range we kind of work with so many different kinds of industries which keeps it fun um but a lot of service-based providers for sure oh my god that is such a random evolution but I love it (laughs) the farming piece I love that I wasn't expecting you to say that but that's so I love that story from finance to creating farming websites to now like female entrepreneur websites I just I love entrepreneurship (laughs) (laughs) um We still have a lot of farming clients in our portfolio. So it's funny having to train team members on how to edit a photo of a cow compared to a person. So yeah, (laughs) what a niche though. Amazing. Um, Okay. Now I've like lost my train of thought because I wasn't expecting that. Um, But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. So uh, yeah, Bali. So you moved to Bali to kind of, um, it was interesting. I picked up on, you moved to Bali to start your business. What made you, what made you choose Bali? Yeah. So the cheapest flight out of Australia, for sure. It was my (laughs) first time like going overseas in a long time uh and I had to get out of the country just for visa reasons I needed to restart so yeah I moved to Ubud in Bali for a month yeah which yeah what did you think of it uh so I mean we can kind of go on a tangent I actually had like a really bad health scare while I was there which is 
interesting. Yeah, I um I had vertigo, so I thought someone had drugged my drink when I was in Seminyak. Oh. And it was a yeah, it was a big thing. So I ended up eventually moving up to Ubud and just relaxing a little bit, but it kind of it was a really good wake up call when I was first starting my business because it was something that I'm sure when you're under a lot of stress, I'm sure a lot of corporate women see it as well. Like our health starts to deteriorate. So it was something that, yeah, started in Bali. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like I love Bali and we ended up moving back there like two years later. Yeah. Wow. Oh God. That sounds like a crazy experience I find Bali like works in mysterious ways, like in a way, maybe they were calling you to Ubud, you know, to like Ubud is the place full of healing, the place where you can like relax, where you can really connect with yourself like deeply. So maybe it was like Bali's push of like, come on, come to Ubud. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't get to, I think once we went back the second time, we got to experience that so much more with mm-hmm. like just taking some time for like long walks and yoga and Ubud is just... there's so many things I could say about it it's one of my favorite places yeah yeah it's incredible I'm so glad you got to experience the magic of Bali um okay so before we move on to kind of your top tips for the website stuff can you walk the listeners through what your day looks like now like how does you're obviously working remotely as a business owner from Australia like what has this unlocked for you versus kind of when you were working in the finance industry? Yeah, so we've evolved uh, a lot since, I mean, when I first jumped out, when I, I, I left my corporate career, um, you know, I started from just me alone, I just doing all the design work and that kind of thing. And now we've grown to, there's five of us now. So we're somewhat of a small agency. Uh, so my day-to-day has changed quite dramatically where I am doing a lot of the, the management side, but it's really nice because uh, I wake up in the morning, I get to talk to women that work, I'm I'm building their lives, not building their lives, but I'm, I'm able to give people jobs that absolutely fill their cups. Like they get to do things that they love and it's just being able to work directly with women and we are, we're able to serve them as clients, but also grow a team of like-minded women um, and just always be in communicating in that group and in that circle compared to where I was previously in corporate. And I was working, you know, just for someone else and didn't quite have that same passion. So having that, um, yeah, we're, I'm definitely more of a, a management role now than I was when I first started. Um, but still I get to just plan my day how I want to, when I need to take breaks or when I need to step away, I'm able to do that. When I want to work on a Saturday, I can, uh, yeah, I just, I love that flexibility and that's really what I wanted. Yeah, that's so great. And I think you're the exact example of what I keep kind of preaching to everyone, you know, like people stuck in these corporate jobs. And especially when you were saying, you know, you were designated coffee maker and like the only woman and things like that, this shitty culture that, you know, we as women, we can either fight it or we can just like give up on it and go and create our own culture. And that's exactly what you've done. And now, you know, you'll have other amazing women working for you where you can create the space that you want to create for them. And then also working with amazing other female businesses, which is just like exponentially 
allows you to kind of like sprinkle your own culture magic on the world where you know I think in in corporate in the finance job that was kind of limited because they wouldn't allow you to if that makes sense exactly and I feel like when you first you're probably not thinking about that when you're first planning on leaving you're just thinking about yourself but just being able to visualize past that and if this is something that you want there's so many other lives that now I get to impact yeah. and just create and just create that little community where I'm only speaking to people who really light me up and are there for me. And it's just, it's really exciting. And like, I, I had a designer who she, we did her review a few months ago. And one of the first things she said is like, she lives in South Africa where the, uh, economy isn't that strong. And she's like, now that I'm working with you, me and my partner can finally afford to start saving for a house. We haven't been able to do that. So just like being able to do those kind of things, it just, it's something you don't think about when you first leave, but just once you get there, it really, really can let your soul on fire. Yeah. How does that feel to you? Yeah. Amazing. Like absolutely amazing. And it's something that you don't really think of, but it it definitely, it probably has shifted, shifted into being one of the main drivers behind what we do. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the purpose that you're, you can't find in corporate, you know, having that kind of impact. I love that. Okay, let's move on to the website tips side of things. So I've got loads of questions here. And the first one's a really interesting one. Do you even need a website? And I, I really like this one because I have no idea what you're going to say. <laughs> Um, look, this is a great question. And I'm sure we've, if you spend enough time on the internet, I'm sure you will see it pop up because it's, we've seen both sides of the argument, but I think it is really important. Maybe when you're first starting out, it might be a case of you not necessarily hiring someone like me, but just getting something up there because we are super blessed where we have all of these gorgeous tools like Instagram or Facebook or all of these things, but I'm sure you've seen the posts on social media where someone is freaking out because they've lost their Instagram account and they have absolutely no business left. So first of all, that's one of the main important things is that we need to have something that we own. And that is a website. That's something that we fully control and no one can really take away from us. And the other thing too, is just having a place where someone can find out absolutely everything they need to know about your offer. And then you can build on top of that. And so you'll probably, uh, the more that you learn about your business and and how things work, um, things that come into importance are things like email lists, um, starting to email and get in touch that way. Uh, And just having that, that base to run these sorts of things is really, really helpful. Yeah, I, I actually totally agree. And I think that even can be simple, like just a homepage, an about page and a contact page, or even just one page. Like it doesn't, if like for me, I would just wanted to get mine out there. I just got it up. And then after that, you start iterating because it, it feels like such a big thing, big project, overwhelming to do, you know? So I think for sure, like the, and the other side of it, I, I do think in this day and age, I think probably could have gotten away with not having a website a bit more like 10 years ago, but now yeah. it's kind of one of those things where 
there's people are a bit skeptical of a lot of things and so your website is kind of where they can go and get a feel for you away from you talking to them (laughs) so it's like I can make my own decision in my own space on whether I like you or trust you or not and I think the website is the vehicle to doing that so I think it can only help Mm -hmm, 100% and it's we are like 10 years ago we probably didn't need it but 10 years ago we also didn't have the tools to make it so easy for us to build it and so it can be like my greatest tip for anyone who's DIYing is don't spend hours trying to recreate something of your own there are uh, millions of there's so many templates online that you can use and I find that that's where people start to get frustrated with their website is that they're trying to recreate something and spending hours on it yeah find a template input what you need to say put your photos in there walk away from it until you're ready to bring on an expert yeah I think that's yeah such good advice um yeah for sure definitely need one and and it's not as big as you think um okay so next one the platforms there's so many different platforms I've experienced like a good four or five myself and like they really really differ in terms of how easy they are to use and how complicated they are and I also think they will also suit different personality types as well like one I like might not suit the next person so what platform do you recommend for kind of a complete beginner definitely for a beginner um someone who's wanting to DIY it really if you are starting a product-based business business there is things like Shopify which is usually where I direct people to and if you are just DIYing something like Squarespace will be where it's at when you start bringing in an expert, that's where uh, things like Squarespace can be a little bit limiting. And it just, if you find there's all these other, I'm sure whoever's Googling and looking for a platform, they're gonna see all those other types of platforms that you can use. Uh, Lots of those are gonna be great when you bring on that expert to help you. And then we can kind of custom and just as your business is growing and your offers become more developed, we can create something that fits for you. But when you're first starting, usually something like Squarespace or Shopify is perfect. Yeah, that's so interesting. So yeah, when I had my e-com business, mine was all on Shopify and it was really, it was quite easy to use once you kind of got to grips with it. But I think a no-brainer because all of the checkouts and all the back end stuff is all on there so it kind of makes sense to use it um one i've used for our female leadership collective is show it i don't know what you think of show it i was like does she is she gonna like it is she gonna hate it (laughs) yeah no show it is absolutely amazing too i um i that's good to hear that people like to diy because i've heard mixed things about diying and i really that's what's really hard to I usually give the most basic one for everyone to DIY because it's really hard to tell what everyone's tech level is. Yeah. Um, So Squarespace is like the most simple, but if you have a play with show it and you feel comfortable, I mean, it's a really great platform too. Yeah, I I tried Squarespace. Squarespace was the first website I ever created and I found it really hard. (laughs) But I think any, any website you start making, I think it's like learning a new language, isn't it? All of the platforms kind of operate in the same way, just have different functionality. Um, and yeah, now looking back, like I've used like four or five different platforms. I'm like, I hate Squarespace now. (laughs) But then I guess that's what happens when you kind of get to the point where you feel it's a bit limited right yeah so where Squarespace is really good is where if you just you go find a template that you like yeah you find they have really good templates 
you grab that template, you put it in, you put your copy, you put your photos, you walk away. Yeah, that sounds like a dream. (laughs) Yeah, if you start customizing, it does get pretty frustrating, but it's just like, I know a lot of people that they're like, I just don't know where to start. Like, just go get a template from Squarespace, put it in and then just input all your info and then you should be good to go. Yeah, amazing. So people have got the website, they've chosen their platform, they've got it built. What about conversions? So maybe let's just go back to basic tip. When we say conversions, like what, what do we mean? Like what's the objective of the website? Yeah, so the objective for most people is that you want someone to either fill out your form and reach out or a lot of people are going in the direction now where they pretty much just want someone to book a call directly. So that's going to come down to really how you plan when people are are reaching out to you so your customer journey to book someone in what does that look like so do you book an appointment do you just need them to fill out a form and you'll send them an email so these are just things to think about and so that's what the main goal is you want to get that person to have that first touch point with you which is filling out that form or booking an appointment or whatever that looks like for you yeah I like this point because I I always go on about building systems because this whole online working, remote working with tech as it is these days, there's such an opportunity to eventually create these amazing systems where a lot of your business runs on autopilot and having your website user journey like optimized for that with things like you could have someone find your website, book a call with you. And then the first you hear about that call is kind of like, half an hour before because you see it in your or the day of because you see all your meetings and that's kind of like a great scenario and maybe you open the calendar and it's got all the background that you need in there for the call so I think there's so many amazing amazing opportunities but I I think one thing I find confusing sometimes is kind of like what is the conversion event to go for because obviously on your website you could get someone to buy directly you're packages or your programs you could get someone to book a call or you could be trying to get your traffic to download your freebie lead magnet to collect the email addresses like what what do you typically advise as kind of the best the best conversion event to go for yeah so I'll just touch on a few of those, each ones that you talked about. So obviously the the downloadable, that'll be coming into, if someone is looking at at growing their email list, that's what we want to look at. And that's usually going to be hand in hand with your your main call to action. So your main call to action will be that booking the, the phone or whatever that looks like. But that other one will be important once you start growing your email list. And it's yeah, something that we can set up. Um, the next thing would be your, so booking an appointment or the form or the product. And I think it really is something that you have to test for yourself because I've had over hundred clients and every single person is different. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on, uh, you'll usually find if it's a lower ticket offer that people will just have you purchase directly. So if it's a lower cost offer, you're going to be purchasing it directly. But I still do have clients, especially for clients that have just started their business. And it's like, it you may be offering a lower ticket offer, but maybe you just want to have that phone call. So you're learning a little bit about 
those people that are joining you. So you can get a, a full understanding of your ideal client. So sometimes it is, I do have quite a few clients that lean towards booking that call or that form, at least for the, when they're first starting out. So they're getting an understanding of who's booking, who's becoming a client. And then once they're a little bit more confident, we switch them over to a paid offer and, and get it to go that way. Cause sometimes, yeah. especially when you're building a website first out, having, unless you have uh, a ton of testing and, and sales copy and all of that, sometimes it's just worth getting them on the phone and, and yeah. speaking to them. And, and it's a little bit easier to, to get them on and convert them that way. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're kind of heading into like the uh, funnel territory, which is kind of my <laughs> jam as well. It's like, it's one of those things though, that having the calls at the start sounds manual, but it's so worth it because that's your sales page copy you know like that's yeah. your market research like it's worth doing that work because otherwise what's the flip side of that not doing it and just guessing on your sales page copy and then having to keep iterating keep trying instead of just you know hearing exactly the language that they're using on the call and things like that so yeah totally agree okay so how do I figure out if my website is convert converting what are the best tools for that yeah. So usually there's the the traditional ones, which is something like Google Analytics uh, that's worth setting up on all your websites. Uh, I think some platforms like Wix and Squarespace do have it automatically set up where they have analytics in the background. We, for things like sales pages, especially if you have a paid offer, uh, it, hooking up something like Hotjar is really effective. So you can actually it's a little bit creepy. Yeah. You can record I thought it was creepy when I used it first. I was like, oh my God, like screaming at my computer when they're like hovering over the buy button. And yeah. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you can literally see what people are doing. So they get, you have screen recordings and you can also get heat maps. So you know where people are clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really effective for things like sales pages uh, and something that we, we do use a lot of for clients that have, those sort of paid offers or long form sales pages. Yeah, I had no, before I used it, I had no idea you could do that kind of thing. It's the weirdest thing. Like I remember watching one and and like the computer like froze or something. And I'm like, come on, come on, please buy. Don't freeze right now. Like, like so emotionally involved. It's so funny, but like a really amazing data because you, you can see where they get stuck. So then you just go and tweak something and then, you know, that might be a sale that you recoup next time. Okay, so the next question is, let's go, because you were talking about user, the user journey, like UX design, like let's chat about what that is and why it's important and, you know, why why you might design one website in one way and it, it might not get any results, but then you design the same one in another way and it might get loads of sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so UX, user experience, it's uh, what it's called, and we use it, it's kind of a, a combination of like research and, and testing to create uh, a website that's based off of what's going to make it an enjoyable experience for the user, and it's something that we really focus on. Uh, there's tons of, if you spend a little bit of time, which is my favorite, as I love, there's a lot of rules of of user experience Mm -hmm. and you can find it if you do a quick Google search, but there's lots of rules that we follow that come down to just the human psychology and just how we think when we're looking on the internet. Uh, And it's quite fascinating. So it's something, there are little tools that we use to uh, make sure that the, the website is 
an enjoyable experience for whoever is coming on board. And, and that means that we're also spending that little bit of time in the research. So doing a bit of competitor research, but also figuring out who your ideal client is and, and what they're looking for in a website so that what we're creating, it, it fits perfectly for your business and, and who's viewing it. Mm, totally makes sense yeah so those suggestions of ux that you can google um i'm really intrigued to hear some examples of what they are because like this human psychology thing is so interesting so hit us with some (laughs) this one's my all-time favorite because it comes up a lot especially with clients who want something really unique there's a law in ux design that most of the population is spending time on websites that are not your own. So although we want to create something unique, we don't want to create something too unique that it makes the experience more confusing. And they're actually thinking about what the next step is rather than reading and learning more about you as a business. So Mm -hmm. that's my all-time favorite one I remind my clients of a lot because obviously you want to stand out when it comes to a website, but it's also really important that a lot of the ways that a website is built is built in a certain way to make sure that it's really easy. So one way that this comes up a lot, and we've seen a huge trend in the way menus are laid out for websites. So we see like the the hamburger and it's usually um, like a a hamburger menu is like the the menu you would see on a mobile phone where it's got the three lines on top. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard Um, that before. (laughs) I thought I would explain it. Yeah, I'm glad you did. (laughs) We're starting to see it now be moved onto desktop, which maybe a few years ago wasn't as commonly used. But now that people are mostly on mobile, it's definitely um, it's a lot more common on desktop and we are using it on desktop websites. But if you start moving your hamburger menu to the left hand side, if you have like an older demographic, they might struggle to go reach across and and find that hamburger menu because they're just so used to seeing it on the right hand side. Yeah, that's so true, I guess, because also like some so so some people's brains may instantly now associate that hamburger sign with a menu but then yeah like the older demographics they might be like where's the word menu I don't know what those lines yeah. are you know yeah, yeah. So, they might be looking at like a different spot so it's like really important that we keep it near where they expect it because if yeah. we move it they're going to be like where did it go yeah yeah so fascinating I I actually see a lot of women um what they tend to do is they kind of think about all the information that they can put out there on their website but sometimes they don't take it back to basics like sometimes they feel like they are just repeating themselves on social media and saying the same thing and it's like actually sometimes I mean you correct me if I'm wrong but sometimes it's best to lay your website out in a way that it's someone that doesn't know you whatsoever. And it's like, you actually want to read about this person, get to know this person. And, and I think sometimes I find, I see that a lot of women don't like to go back to basics. I don't know if you see that much. hundred percent, hundred percent. And like every good copywriter is going to tell you that and to make sure that you yeah, go, go back to the very beginning. If someone just searched your name and they found you that they fully understand who you are, even though you're probably giving your full life story on your Instagram daily. Yeah. Yeah. Let's quickly talk copywriting actually, because that's an interesting one. And when do you think people should hire a copywriter and when, when not, because the copy can be like one of the most powerful 
things that you you can have to sell your product on your website so it is kind of important to get it right like it can make the difference right same with user journey user experience so yeah what's your tips and what do you see in terms of people doing copy themselves versus getting someone else to do it I think as soon as you can afford a copywriter that's the first thing you should invest in because there's someone who's going to get a full understanding and be able to uh, your messaging is what sells a website or what sells your whole business and it's just something that not enough people fully understand and I think it's the first thing that you should invest in even before hiring a web designer I have so many I do a lot of website audits and people say well what should I do next and I'm like don't come to me I'm like go to a copywriter first (laughs) Go yeah. get sorted because it's way more valuable and it's going to be probably one of the main converters on your website is your copy. So yeah. it's definitely the first thing as soon as you can afford it, I would be calling your like sales copywriter and getting started because it's just it's so, so valuable. Yeah. And for people listening, how did what are the best things to look out for for a sales copy or a copywriter? Because I think if people know what writing's not their forte, it might be tricky for them to even like evaluate if someone's good or not, (laughs) you know? So what tips do you have for finding a good copywriter? Definitely. Uh, Knowing it's going to be a lot of you getting a a full understanding on who you are as a brand. I think that's the most important thing. And there's so many different types of brands. If you're coming from corporate, you might have a small inkling of, of how this works, but obviously there's, there's brands that are really friendly. There's brands that are funny. There's brands that are super serious, making sure that whoever you choose really fits your, your brand tone of voice and and what you're needing. Cause there are certain copywriters that fit that. Uh, And then usually when it comes to copywriters and finding the right one, that's where, at least for me, finding the best copywriters, it's really about asking and finding referrals. Um, Again, Facebook groups is really great for that. Um, And then getting, speaking to a few of them, and this is when hiring any sort of expert, just speaking to a few few of them and making sure that they fully understand what you're going for and and your messaging and and are going to be able to reflect your brand in the best way. And if it obviously it depends on what your budget is. So if you have a little bit more money to spend, uh, if you can find a copywriter that's going to spend a bit more time researching with you, that's super helpful. Uh, I had a, a client who hired one of our copywriters the other day and pretty much all we had her do was get on a a call with her clients and record it. And we took those videos and mirrored those words, grabbed all those words and put them in copy. And it just turned out perfectly. That's such a good idea. I love that kind of, I love that idea just to do that. And that totally makes sense because, you know, how authentic is that? You literally get how she speaks in a real life situation. Um, actually, on that point, I think it's definitely worth, um, I know you obviously, this is the service you offer, but what, in your experience, what tips would you give for people out there looking for, looking to outsource their website? Like, what should they be looking for, for a good, a good website company? Like, what are the important questions to ask? Yeah, definitely. So again, someone who is going to help you with that initial, I I think, especially if it's your first website, I think it's really important that someone's going to take you and help you through the entire process. Mm -hmm. There's been so many times where you 
think that you have everything and then you give it to the designer and then they just put together what you've given them and then it just doesn't turn out how you expect it. Um, that's something that we do a little bit differently is we uh, help our clients through that process. So we tell them to come to us and don't, you don't need to plan. We'll just get on that first call and let's, you know, let's put a Pinterest board and in, in for something for your photographer and make sure that it's actually going to fit what you need. And let's make sure your branding is on point and let's make sure that your copy is actually going to convert how you need it to. And just having someone who's going to really advocate for you and, and help you along the way, I think it really makes a huge difference because the website is the end product and it's all made up from those little pieces that you give your designer. So if your designer can really help you with that, it's going to make your job a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful because, you know, that's part of the battle as well. People knowing because it's a lot of money to spend, you know, usually to um, to outsource your website. So it's kind of like you need to know that what you're getting back is the right kind of service, because I imagine there's so many different like some people might just give a spec, go away, create it. But I think a lot of women particularly would prefer more of like more of that kind of um, iterative creating it in line with the service provider, which sounds like kind of more your, more your kind of style, if that makes sense. Definitely. And that's why it's so important to like to, to DIY, or if you don't have much of a budget at the beginning, just to get it out there and kind of launch your business for the first six months or year and just get an understanding of who you are as a business and who your ideal client is, and then approaching an expert to bring it all together for you. And it's just a, a slow, slow progression. You're not just going to jump into a business and a month later, hire someone to come and build you a five, six, $7,000 website. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, you really need an understanding before you, you jump in. Yeah. I love that. Wow. So much value in this episode. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. So one more question on the websites before we jump into the last five minutes of the quick fire. So yeah. we were going to talk about how to make your website a bit more enjoyable for the viewer. And I mean, this is a loaded question and we don't have that much time, but we kind of did cover it on the UX stuff. So what are your quick tips for making a website a bit more enjoyable for the viewer? Definitely. So first things first, um, what I said before. So if you can, if outsourcing that copy or even getting your photos done properly, those are two things that are going to really affect your website and how it looks. When it comes to the design side, something that we really highlight when making it more enjoyable is making it so that if someone is looking through your website, they're able to skim it and get what they need. Because how many, how many websites have you read from front to back, all the way through all the words. <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's really important that the, the titles are really clear. Someone can, you know, when they first open the website, they know exactly what you do. When they scroll through, they're getting in those titles, they're really getting what they need. And then really trying to make sure the copy is really short and sweet using bullet points where you can. Uh, and then just creating that flow and that, that balance of, of photos and copy. And if that's something that you feel like you really struggle, that's where something like a template will be really helpful for you. Mm. Yeah. I like this kind of, this template option is, is like really handy. I think I could have done that when I created my first Squarespace website. <laughs> um, okay, amazing. Like such like actionable things. I'm sure so many people listening are like, oh my God, I really needed this episode because the website, I was just stuck on it, you know? Um, so thanks so much for sharing so much value. 
Oh, good. And actually, sorry, just to like jump on that. Um, I guess the reason between why I would recommend like a template is a template I would start. It's a good way for starting out, but like once you fully understand your business and you hire a web designer, it's really important that your when you the reason that you hire a web web designer to do something custom is you want to create something that is really uh goes along with your customer journey and that's where it's like really important to find someone that that can map that out with you so that's kind of the difference between just a template and then getting something custom is you want to have someone who's going to spend that time and, and map it out with you and do it properly and then uh guide you along the way and so that template will be enough for the the first little bit but then after that like once we can guide you through it it's going to you're going to see that difference in conversions for sure. Yeah, it's like the difference between you could just get your page up and do it all yourself and write it up there. But at the same time, you know, what's the point of the website? You eventually want it to work for you, right? So you might as well, like all the stuff that you've been talking about and all of these UX things, that's the way to optimize it and get the most out of your website which a lot of people you know don't know how so it's definitely worth um speaking to an ex an expert like em and we're going to show your links right at the end um but let's quickly jump into the quick fire so we covered this a little bit but how did you get your first 10 sales yeah so definitely referral referral was how i got most of them so just talking to people that i knew in the industry and then just yeah reaching out Mm, I love this everybody's saying the same thing and I'm so like I'm so it's just like just a bit of hustle at the start and then you're on your way (laughs) um and number two what sets women apart as leaders yeah I find especially us corporate women if we've been through the corporate washing machine that we're quite resilient Mm -hmm. and so we may have uh, I don't know about you but I've come from a background where women we aren't, we aren't the top of the food chain. And so just coming in and struggling from the bottom has really helped grow and, and, and made me work that much harder and and be that much more resilient in our businesses. And I think that's, I've seen from women uh, who have worked alongside is they're just, they're very resilient. They're either, you know, running, they have four kids or they're running a math team or they've come from nothing and they're just so resilient. They just make it work. Yeah, I actually really love that. I've not heard it put in that way yet. And I think it's like that determination, isn't it? Because in a lot of corporate environments, you you know, we are relatively new to the workplace when you look at history. And so if you take if you take a woman out of the corporate workplace and have her run her own business, the fact that like she's learned this resilience, she's learned this determination, like that's then a force to be reckoned with. Like that's super powerful. If you take away any of those limits, you know, um, I think that, you know, you know, what can happen is amazing. Okay. And last question is your number one tip for overcoming fear in business. I don't think that we necessarily overcome it we don't like things just get hard things don't stop getting harder we just get stronger mm. so it's something that my personal trainer loves to tell me <laughs> but I, <laughs> I tell all my clients that and I think it's uh, something that you just getting uncomfortable you learn that it's a part of the process and it's the only really the only way to grow is having that 
that uncomfortable feeling and however used to or more uh, accepting you get of the uncomfortable, the faster and the quicker you'll grow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easier if you surround yourself with people doing it as well. <laughs> it becomes more normal. Oh, well, um, thank you so much for that episode. That was amazing. Where can the listeners find you if they want to look up your website services, which I'm sure some people would? Where can they where can they learn more about you? Definitely. So we have just done a complete new rebrand and we are called Sparrow Studios on Instagram. And you can also find us at sparrowstudios.com. So that's S-P-A-R-O Studios. Amazing. And I'll put those links in the show notes for everyone to head there. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. I honestly think this is one of the most actionable episodes yet. So thank you. Amazing. Thanks so much. Hello my loves, I have a question for you. Are you a freelancer delivering insane amounts of value to your clients but without the price tag to match? If you get really honest with yourself, you know you love your remote lifestyle but you're just not quite where you know you can be. Every meeting with your clients you seem to step into being their business coach, advisor and personal therapist all at once and I know exactly how that feels. Clients absolutely love you, they love you but you're starting to resent them. And deep down, you just you just really want to be the entrepreneur. You know that you're meant for more than the freelancer life. And everybody says you've got so much potential, but you're just frustrated with yourself that you don't seem to be executing on it. You don't seem to be taking the action. But you know that you're more than ready to make an upgrade. And you know it's now or never. You're ready to step up from freelancer to coach, course creator, or leading a community. You're ready to progress to hiring your own team within a few months, and you're ready to finally charge your worth for your programs. So what next? Well, you already might have an idea for a course or a community. You may even have the modules mapped out in your head, but one vital thing is missing, knowing how to launch it. You're just not sure how to price it, how to package it, how to sell it. But you're now ready to call in support of a mentor who can guide you through your program launch, the funnels needed, and finally step into the entrepreneur you've always wanted to be. If you're a freelancer or an early stage business owner who hasn't quite cracked the code to their business fully financially supporting them, and you want the opportunity to launch your own high ticket one-to-one and group programs with irresistible offers priced at a level where you know you should be, all within the next three months, I invite you to work with me inside my exclusive one-to-one program and make it happen. Inside, you'll get my step-by-step strategy that I've helped countless women use to launch their own programs. I'll support you with a strong yet compassionate approach to help keep you accountable, hold you in my space, we'll be making the decisions together and up-level in all areas of your business. It is my most intimate program and you get daily Voxer support in addition to our calls. Take the next step and book your Scaling for Growth call with me. It's a 60-minute call and we'll hop on the phone, we'll hop on Zoom and we'll map out your vision for your business. What you need to do to go from freelancer to entrepreneur and the strategies that will get you there. Tap the link in the show notes to book now. I have very, very limited availability for this month, so make sure you book now. These are the last spots before the end of the year on my one-to-one when it fills, it's full. So make sure you snap one up as soon as possible.